Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy, Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Today we have a crazy nuclear revenge story involving setting a car on fire. We'll get into that in a bit, but first, sister's boyfriend breaks my PS5, so I crash his car. During my early years in life, all the way to my teenage years, there's one common description I've gotten whenever I ask people to describe me in one to three words, petty and vengeful. I get pissed whenever I get this description, which further proves the point. Thinking about it now, I can't blame people for viewing me as petty because, in truth, I was. I get pissed off by the most inane things. A person might make a comment about me in passing and that's what I think of all day or maybe in a group of friends. Someone might make a joke at my expense and instead of me to laugh it off and move on, I get pissed off and start to look for ways to get back at him or her. This was a huge problem for me growing up because it affected every area of my life. My friendships, relationships, even that time I got a job working at a burger shack. It took me years of therapy and actively trying to make a change before anything significant happened. I'm a way better person than I was then, but we're not here to talk about my journey to self-improvement, so I'll cut to the chase. This story is about that one time when my sister's boyfriend broke my brand new PS4 I was a freshman at the time when Sony released their latest PS4 models. Before then, I didn't even have the previous model, the PlayStation 3. All I had was the PS2 and a Nintendo Wii U gamepad. My friends in school, Jake and Alan, already had plans of getting the new PS4, but I didn't. I begged my mom and dad to buy it for me, but they wouldn't. My dad maintained that I already had a model of the PlayStation, and even though it was old, it still worked, and also he recently got me the Nintendo, and that I was ungrateful for asking for another game console. This was the same excuse they gave when I asked them for a PlayStation 3. Anyways, Christmas was coming, and I thought that they were going to get me the console as my present. I didn't pressure them anymore. But I made sure to drop subtle hints, like reading a magazine on the new PS4 console while we're having breakfast. I was sure that they'll get me the console because there was no other gift that would make sense, right? Well, I was wrong. You see, while I dreamt on about how a PlayStation 4 would be the perfect gift, my parents thought that the best gift I could receive at that time was a new pair of shoes and a basketball. I couldn't believe it. They do things like that every year. They give underwhelming gifts for my sister and I and expect us to be over the top with gratitude. I had learned to never expect anything for Christmas because they always ruin it with their gifts. But that year, I was genuinely hopeful. I dropped enough hints that even a blind man would have seen them. I know some people would get all judgmental saying they probably didn't have money and I should stop being so ungrateful. But that's not true. We were pretty comfortable. Not the richest in town, but... My parents had enough money to afford fancy vacations for the entire family once or twice a year. It was almost as though my parents didn't want me to have that PlayStation 4. But that didn't make any sense, right? A few months after Christmas, it was my birth month. I didn't leave anything to chance this time. I walked up to them and told them I wanted the video game for my birthday gift. 
My dad didn't give a definite answer, but he did that every time I asked for something, so I didn't bother. My birthday finally came, and guess what my parents gifted me? Yep, you guessed it. Not a PS4. At this point, I just couldn't take it anymore. I was so frustrated that I yelled at my mom. We had an argument that led to me being grounded on my birthday. At this point, my friends in school were all over their video games. They talk about the new games they get, the difficult levels in various games and how they passed it. At this point, I decided to take matters into my own hands. It was less than $500 at the time and I could get it myself. Before then, I wasn't really big on savings, and so it was quite difficult to start at first, but this was something I wanted, and so I had to put everything into it. I started to save my allowance every day for the next few weeks. Soon enough, it was complete, and I went to buy myself a new PlayStation. My parents weren't very pleased when I brought home my new video game. It was revealed that the reason why they didn't buy me the new PlayStation was because I hadn't been doing as well as they'd wanted me to do in school. I wasn't failing any classes, but my grades dropped a bit when I started high school. They could have told me this and maybe promised to get me a new console if I got my grades up, but instead, they resorted to keeping me silent and waiting for me to figure it out myself. Their excuse? They didn't want me to get my grades up because of what they were going to give me, but instead, for myself. They thought that my grades were just going to drop once again after I got what I wanted. Anyway, they threatened to seize my new video game if I didn't return it. When I didn't, they grounded me and seized my console. I was ungrounded a week later, but they didn't return my console. I was so pissed off, but I knew that I couldn't lash out if I wanted to get my video game back. I didn't ask for it. Instead, I started being of good behavior. I helped out around the house. I did dishes. I even mowed the lawn. Eventually, my parents decided that it was time that I got my video game back. That same night on the dinner table where they let me have my game back was when my older sister Carly announced that she had a new boyfriend. After a round of questioning from my dad, my mom asked when she was bringing him home to have dinner, and she said he was coming over during the weekend. That Saturday, she invited her boyfriend over. He turned out to be Fred. Fred was a senior in our school and he was also on the football team. I don't know him personally, but he had a lot of friends in school. He was kind of popular. My parents liked him because he was smart and he looked responsible. A sharp contrast to the rest of the football guys in school. Most of them were dumb brutes who cared more about their bulk than their books. The next few days later, Fred came over to hang out with Carly. She was helping mom out in the kitchen, so he lounged out in the living room with me. We played some football games and he beat the living crap out of me. He was a way better gamer than I was, and not just in Pro Evolution Soccer. We played Mortal Kombat and some racing games and he beat me in those too. I asked for his secret and he explained that he had a PS3 at home, and back when he was in his sophomore year of high school, he used to spend 10 hours a day playing video games. He was very good at it. We played some more before Carly returned and they had to leave. Back in school, Fred and I had never spoken before because we belonged to different circles of friends. But after playing video games together that day, we started to say hi to each other in hallways. Following the time we played together, Fred started to visit my house more often. The official story is that he comes to hang out with Carly, but he ends up hanging out with me and playing video games all day. We started to get really close and sometimes he'd invite me over to his place asking me to bring my console. I'd hang out with his guys and we'd take turn playing games. Overall, Fred's a good guy, but soon enough... 
I learned something about him that I didn't know before. He was a bad drinker. One Friday, he invited me to his place because he was having some of his guys over for some type of mini party. I agreed to hang and also invited a few of my friends. I brought my console and the guys drank as they played. As they started to get drunk, they got wilder. Fred and his other friends made a bet pool, some kind of competition where the winner takes all the money when they win. I guess Fred was confident that he'd win because he staked a lot of money in the pool. They started to play as they drank, and soon enough, Fred and some other guy named Joe remained. Joe was also a member of the football team, but he was more reserved than the other Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Guys, and so I guess Fred saw him as an easy target. But one thing he failed to realize was that he was drunk. Joe wasn't, so as they played, Joe, who was also a good player, had the advantage of a clear head. In the 20th minute of the game, Joe was already leading two goals to nil. By halftime, it had increased to three. Fred's countenance changed and as they played, he started to accuse Joe of cheating. The other guys taunted him for not being as good as he thought he was and I guess it just worked to infuriate him further. By the 80th minute, Joe was leading him with five goals to nil and a pissed off Fred rose from his seat and walked over to the console, pulling it from the stand and smashing it to the ground before walking away. I was so horrified and when I confronted Fred, he just shoved me out of the way and walked out. The next day though, he called to apologize for breaking the console, promising to buy me another one. He gave me his beaten down PS3 to use in the meantime till he got a new one, but I knew that him getting a new one was a long shot. He only had a mom and they weren't rich. He couldn't just spare $500 to buy a game console. If he could, he wouldn't need to borrow my game every time. Weeks passed and it turned out that I was right. It didn't look like he was making any moves to get me a new console. If I wasn't going to get my game back, I couldn't let him go scot-free. So one evening, while he was hanging out with my sister, I went to his car, his most prized possession. I put it in reverse and let it roll down the street. After it gained enough momentum, it crashed into a neighbor's car down the street. It was in the evening, so no one saw me get in the car or sabotage it. All Fred thought was that he didn't park the car well, and now he had to pay for the damages to his car and the neighbors. Well, I'll tell you what, OP's definitely not getting that PS4 after they have to pay all that back. Thank God nobody happened to be out on the street when OP did this. I guess I would hope that OP did a pretty good job of canvassing the situation to 
try to make sure there was only a minimal chance that somebody might be happening to be around? I guess bottom line, they got away with it. Our next story is, friend tries to sabotage my work, so I get him fired. It's really crazy that no matter how good you are to people, no matter how much you give and sacrifice for them, they always turn around and betray you. The worst part is that these people always turn out to be your friends, your family, and the people you're supposed to be close and vulnerable with. This hurts every time, but it's a kind of pain that we all have to go through because without it, we won't know which of our friends are true. I've had my fair share of bad friends. Back in high school, I had a friend who told everyone I wet the bed till I was 13 years old. I don't know how he came up with such a lie, but nobody cared if it was a lie or not. It sounded like something they could laugh about, and so they did. During senior year, I dated a cheerleader who told her cheerleader friends that I wasn't good in bed. Of course, her cheerleader friends told everyone and the news spread. The crazy thing was that we never even had hooked up during the course of the relationship because I wasn't into the whole sex thing at the time. I have no idea what drove her to make up that lie, but I guess it was her own way to get back at me for breaking up with her. Of all the backstabbing and betrayal I faced in my entire life, the one that hurt the most was from the person I considered my best friend. This story is about how he almost got me fired from my job and ruined my career. I met Jake in college. We were both in freshman year and we were in the same class. He was late to class that day and he had to take one of the seats at the back of the class. I wasn't late to class, I just preferred the back seat because I was used to texting and playing games in class. He introduced himself and asked if I had any notes of what the lecturer had said. I showed him my notes and he thanked me. The next day, we were having the same lecture and once again Jake came late to class. I gave him my notes again so he could catch up. This became kind of a routine and eventually when he came to class, I didn't even bother to wait for him to ask me for my note before I handed it to him. One day he introduced himself and we got talking. We bonded over how boring Econ 101 was. We couldn't figure out whether Econ 101 was the problem or the lecturer teaching it. He always looked so disinterested and spoke in a monotonous voice. Anyway, we had two other classes after that before we could leave. After the classes, I invited Jake to have lunch with me. He declined first, saying he was having lunch at home. But when I told him I was paying for it, he readily agreed. We got lunch at the cafeteria and just hung out. That was when I discovered that we had a lot of things in common. He loved Star Wars just as much as I did. His taste in music was identical to mine and he knew how to play the guitar, which was something I'd been trying to learn. We hit it off and soon became very close friends. One constant thing about Jake was that he usually came late to class, and one day, I decided to ask him about it. He told me that he lived with his uncle and his place was on the other side of town. It was very far from school. I asked him why he didn't stay in the university accommodation or get an apartment somewhere closer to the school, but he said he couldn't afford to rent a place. At this time, I was living alone in a two-bedroom apartment very close to campus. I could have gotten a roommate initially, but I liked my privacy, so I turned the second room into my personal game room. I thought about it for a while and decided that Jake needed the game room more than I did. He's coming from a really far distance, and making the journey to campus every day was really stressful for him. He obviously didn't have money, so I could help him with this. The next day, I told him about my apartment and how I didn't have a roommate. I told him to come stay with me if he liked. He declined at first, saying that he didn't have enough money to pay me. That was when I told him that I was offering it to him free of charge. 
He was so surprised and he thanked me profusely. The next day he talked to his uncle about it, and two days later during the weekend he moved in. We got even closer as we did everything together. We watched movies, played games, and spent our free time talking about girls. It was when we got closer that I started to notice some qualities about Jake that I hadn't noticed before. For example, we had a circle of friends with whom we hung out with whenever we had the chance. It consisted of three other guys and two girls. One of the guys was closer to Jake than he was to the rest of us. His name was Bill. He told Jake things that he couldn't say to the entire group, but what did Jake do? He told us behind Bill's back. It didn't sit well with me because this was kind of like what happened to me in high school with my friends spreading lies against me behind my back. I didn't pay much attention to it because everything he told us was not harmful. It was just things like the fact that Bill liked a girl in our friend group named Susan and he was too scared to tell her. To be fair, once he let that secret known, Susan and Bill got together a few weeks later. But that's just one instance where it all worked out for good. There was another time when he told a friend of his about another girl's eating disorder. The friend of his, which he told, was a renowned blabbermouth and so the first thing she did when she heard was to spread the news to everyone in class. And soon enough, it got back to the girl who trusted him with her secret. I was there when she confronted him about spreading her secret throughout the whole school and even when he defended himself, saying he only told one person, she didn't believe him. This should have been a red flag to me when choosing someone to be my best friend. But it didn't matter to me because not once did it ever happen to me. But something else I should have considered was the fact that he liked to talk people down to gain validation from others. An example of this was one evening, we were hanging out at my place playing video games with a bunch of friends. We were all making jokes and laughing because Jake's gameplay was crap. He didn't know how to use the controller very well. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Well, and watching him play was really funny. One of our friends, Tony, said something about how bad his gameplay was and Jake replied with something along the lines of, at least I've got game in real life and I don't chase after girls who cheat on me at every turn. He was referring to Tony who just found out the previous month that his girlfriend was cheating on him. The whole room went silent after this and he tried to play it off as a joke, but Tony never spoke to him again after that day. A lot of crazy things happen in school, but it's not all I can remember. Mostly because it never happened to me. Jake was a bad friend to everyone in our friend group, but he was good to me. I always thought that it was because I was his best friend and he loved me. But unfortunately, that's not the case. It was because I was offering him something. Throughout his stay in college, he stayed in my apartment free of charge and he wasn't willing to sabotage our friendship because of that. Of course, I didn't know this at the time, but I found out soon enough. After our fourth year in school, we both graduated and we went our separate ways. I got a new apartment in a new city and got a job immediately at a firm close to my apartment. The pay was good, and I could literally walk to work if I wanted to. It was nice. I was a very good employee, and my boss liked me. 
I started the job as an intern and in three months, they retained me as a full-time staff. Exactly eight months after starting the job, I ran into Jake at a mall. We spent close to an hour talking and catching up. He told me how bad things had been for him after college. He was finding it difficult to get a job and he had to move back in with his uncle. I wanted to help him because he was someone I considered my best friend. I helped him submit his resume to my boss and even vouched for him. Because my boss liked me, he decided to take a chance with Jake. He started working immediately and because it was impossible for him to stay in his uncle's place while working, I allowed him to stay in my place till he got somewhere of his own after three months. He saved up enough money to do that. Everything changed as he moved out of my place and got one of his. Everything he did to our colleagues back in college, he started doing to me. I once told him about the story of my cheerleader girlfriend back in high school and how we didn't hook up because I wasn't into it. One day during lunch, I was talking to a bunch of my coworkers when one of them randomly asked if it was true that I had a micro you know what. What the heck? I asked where they got that idea, and they told me it was Jake that said so, because that was the only reason I refused to hook up with my girlfriend back in high school. I confronted Jake and asked him why he would do such a thing, but all he said was that it was a joke and I was being too intense about it. This caused a rift between us because that was when the realization hit. He was only nice to me as long as there was something to gain from it. I stopped talking to Jake, but he wasn't done with me. Our boss wanted my team to handle a market analysis project, and he made me team leader. If I did this well, I could get a promotion. And so I started working on this project for weeks, and soon enough, it was time to do the presentation. On the day before the big presentation, I backed up all our research on my private hard drive. I still don't know what led me to do that, but thank God I did, because that was what saved me from getting fired from work. The next day, on the day of the presentation, I looked through my computer and the office hard drive only to see that all the research had been wiped out. Everyone seemed worried, except Jake. When it was time for the presentation, I pulled up the research from my private hard drive and it all worked out. After that, I launched an investigation as to how the files got deleted. I enlisted the help of the IT department, who helped me find out that the files were deleted by Jake himself. He had a backup on his computer, and I guess his plan was to make me look stupid during the presentation so he could save the day by providing a backup. I confronted him with the evidence, and even when he tried to deny it, it was obvious that he was lying. I took the findings to my boss, and he was fired immediately. He had to return to his uncle's place after a month, and that was the last time I heard from him. Definitely the kind of guy whose ego gets too big for his britches. He finally gets to a position where he feels bulletproof enough that he's willing to sabotage and sacrifice his faux best friend just to try to get one leg up and move up higher. Well, I bet he's a scam artist with the roaches he was left to associate with back home. Our next story is, friend sleeps with my sister, so I set his car on fire. There are people in this world who don't understand the importance of good values. I honestly don't understand who to blame their parents for not training them well, or the person for not learning and implementing good behavior in themselves. I mean, it's not that hard. As a functioning adult, you should know how to tell the difference between good and bad. It's a feature of humanity to be able to tell the difference, and it's crazy how some people choose to ignore that part of themselves just because it suits them. 
I've always thought that in your relationship with people, whether good or bad, there should be boundaries, especially when it's a good relationship. Take your friend for example. To maintain that friendship, there are certain things that you should not do. Certain lines you shouldn't cross. There's no rule book for friendship and there are no written laws on how it should operate, but it's something everybody knows. There are unspoken rules, like don't talk bad about your friends behind his back, even if you mean well. If you have something negative to say to help him develop positively, then say it to his face. Another thing you shouldn't do as a friend is try to sabotage his progress with anything. It could be job-related, school, life, or even with people. It's just wrong. Another is to always respect your friend's boundaries. This one affects me directly. In fact, this is what this entire story is about, respecting boundaries. When you tell a friend not to do something, it is expected of that friend to not do that thing. I once told a friend in college to stay away from my younger sister. But what does he do? Just the opposite. I retaliated in a way I saw fit, but because of that, I've gotten a lot of backlash. This happened mostly because people don't know the full story, so today, I'll be telling it. The only thing I ask is to reserve your judgment till you hear the entire story. When my admission to college was approved, it was met with mixed feelings. Of course, I love the fact that I got admitted into college, but there were lots of problems regarding that, because I was broke. My mom gambled away half of the savings for my college fund when I was 13, and it took my dad a while to recover. But by the time I graduated from high school, all we had was tuition. I had planned to get my own place and just be free when I got to college, but now even getting a place to stay was an issue. So during the summer before resumption, I got a job. This was so I could save enough money to get the apartment, but even after the holiday, I didn't have enough money to get a decent apartment. Luckily, I had a friend in this school. His name was Kingsley. He was a sophomore already because when we were in high school, he was ahead of me by a class. He invited me to stay with him, pending the time I could get a place of my own. I thanked him and because I had no choice, I took him up on his offer. I wasn't very comfortable in Kingsley's two-bedroom apartment because he was living there with four other guys. While Kingsley himself was cool, his friends were loud and they partied hard. I wasn't that kind of person. My style of relaxing was to lounge on a three-seater couch reading a book while playing soft jazz on the stereo. But these guys were way different. The worst part was that they didn't know when to stop. It could be 2am in the morning and they're still out in the living room where I slept playing loud music and smoking pot. I wish the situation was one I could have gotten used to, but it wasn't. I couldn't wait to leave. I got a part-time job as soon as I got to college, so I could save up enough money for an apartment of my own. My dad sent me money for everything else, so I could save up 100% of my income. By the end of the first semester, I had enough money to get an apartment. But then, I thought about the viability of paying for it every month. I wouldn't be able to do that alone. So I decided to come up with a new plan. A plan I originally thought of, but didn't want to do. I was going to get a roommate. As soon as I got the apartment, I put the ad up for roommate needed, and it didn't take a long time before someone came along. The name of this someone is Alex. Alex was a third year student who had it just as rough as I did. I guess that's originally what brought us together. The fact that we could relate to each other's problems. I mean, his parents were also divorced and it was because of one of them's financial irresponsibility. 
Anyways, Alex seemed like a great guy and a potential friend, and so I decided to co-rent the house with him. I was right. Alex was a good guy. He was smart and ambitious, and he always had the best movie recommendations. He also worked part-time, and even with that, he was still one of the best students in his class. He motivated me to work harder. But then, no matter how good a person was, we all have a flaw. Alex's flaw became clear one month into living in the same apartment with him. He was a chronic womanizer. Like I said before, he was really smart and because of that, he had a lot of friends and even more admirers in the other gender. Every time I see him around the school campus, it was always in the company of a girl or a group of girls. One would think that all he did was tutor them, but that's far from the truth. I would know, seeing that I slept in the room next to him. Personally, I wasn't a fan of his lifestyle, it just didn't sit well with me, but I couldn't complain. Reason being that it didn't affect me in any way. We were sleeping in different rooms and at least was making an effort to sneak them in and out. I decided to apply my own rules about boundaries and let him do his thing. But the whole boundary thing goes both ways. But apparently Alex didn't know that. After my first year, I went back home for the summer holiday. My family was in even worse shape than I left it. My dad worked all day and he didn't have time for anything else. My younger sister Kylie just finished high school, and even though it was supposed to be a joyful moment, she was kind of sad and kind of depressed. I asked her what the problem was, and she told me that she found out that her boyfriend was cheating on her during her prom. The jerk was cheating on her with her best friend, and he was only using her to get his assignments and essays done because she was really smart. I was heartbroken for her and I did everything I could to get her to cheer up, but nothing seemed to be enough, especially with the fact that she couldn't stop stalking them on Instagram. Eventually, her focus shifted when her application to my college was successful. She was starting her freshman year, and so I decided that she could come and stay with me, seeing that dad still didn't have much. Alex was still my roommate, and he was already in his final year. I was thinking that after he's done with his final year, Kylie could move into his room and we'll figure out a way to pay the rent together. For the meantime, I gave her my room and I decided to sleep on the couch in the living room. I had already told Alex on the phone that my sister was going to be joining us for the next session, but I didn't explicitly tell him to stay away from her. He was my friend and I expected that he'd get the message without me having to say it, unspoken rules and all, but Alex didn't. When I introduced her to him, I could already see his eyes checking her out. I had to drop subtle hints that she's not just a close friend I call my sister, but that she's actually my sister, but still, Alex didn't get it. The next few days, I could already feel them getting closer. There Kylie was, laughing at his jokes and making funny comments on something he was talking about. That was when I knew I had to do something. I pulled Alex aside one evening and asked him what the deal was with my sister. He tried playing dumb, but I was smarter than that. I told him point blank to stay away from her. I even explained what happened to her back home and how she was vulnerable. Alex told me that he understood, but I wasn't finished. I wasn't taking any chances, so one afternoon I took Kylie out for lunch and told her to stay away from Alex. I told her that he was a womanizer and he didn't really care that much about women. I knew there was trouble when she started defending him. She told me I was wrong and Alex cared for her, even though they were just friends. Still, I told her to stay away from him. 
That was all I could do. It's not like I could keep watch on them 24-7, so I hoped and prayed that they listened to me, but nope, they didn't. One afternoon, I had a late class. Alex and Kylie were at home, and so I told them about my class and left. As soon as I got to the lecture hall, I was told that class was cancelled, and the professor was going to reschedule, so I went back home. I unlocked the door and found the living room empty. My first instinct was to call out her name, but I kept quiet. I had a hunch that something was going on, and so I went silently to check out the rooms. To my horror, I found them both in Alex's room, naked and going at it. I pulled Alex off her and punched him on the face till his nose bled. After fighting for a moment, he packed a few of his things and left the house. He decided to crash at a friend's place till the whole thing blows over. Kylie apologized and tried to take the blame, but I was so pissed at Alex. I had already told him that she wasn't in a good place and he still took advantage of her. I wasn't satisfied with giving him a nosebleed. That night, I went over to the apartment building of the guy he was staying with and saw his black Ford truck parked outside. I had tools for a Molotov cocktail with me, and so I stayed in hiding till I was sure that there was no one around. I waited another moment to make sure that there was nobody in the truck. When I did, I prepared the cocktail, lit it on fire, and threw it into the truck, running away immediately. I watched from a very far distance as the truck lit up in flames. It took a while before Alex could come out to see what was going on, and by that time, I was long gone. I was told about the truck the next day, and I pretended like I didn't know anything about it. Alex knew it was me, but he didn't have the guts to approach and accuse me. There was no evidence. A month later, he came back to the house to get the rest of his stuff. We never talked after that day, but he made sure as heck not to go near my sister ever again. It's kind of funny how the sister was defending him and then after getting caught with him immediately starts apologizing. I'm not blaming her in the least for this situation, it's just kind of weird how they immediately flip-flopped from, no, he's not like that, he's a good guy and he's my friend, to immediately, I'm sorry. Although, maybe it had something to do with the fact with witnessing their brother enraged and fighting Alex. I would just say that's a very bold form of revenge. I guess as long as there's no, like, fingerprints on the bottle or something and OP could provide an alibi, it would be at least a challenge to prove it was OP. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another absolutely crazy revenge story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories.